Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. All right, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today I have a guest with me, and I really cannot wait to learn about his story because of the different aspects and different avenues of what he gets into, how he helps other individuals, and the overall mission that he has. His name is Charles Reed, and he is the CEO of Get Payroll. This company has been in uh, business for over 30 years. He's married. He's a a veteran. He's a father of five, much like me. So we have quite a bit in common. And first and foremost, I would like to welcome you, Charles. Trey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So with that being said, I know we're going to get into uh, Get Payroll and some of the other aspects of the business and what you do. We talked offline, you were talking about being on the board for the IRS and not actually working in the IRS, but you're kind of like a, a consultant mentor to them. Absolutely. And, uh, the, the IRS Advisory Council, it's a uh, federal advisory council uh, mandated by Congress. And uh, various people are selected, appointed for a three-year term. You serve three years and roll off. And I spent uh, the last three years on the board and uh, had a great time. We advise them on things. We bring them the business point of view, the practitioner's point of view, uh, the businessman's point of view, because they're very insular. They, they live in their own little bubble and they, they, they don't get out and, and deal with the things that we do as business people, as entrepreneurs. And so they like to hear from us and we tell them, we tell them basically you know, how to cow the cabbage and some things that are really stupid that they're doing and some things that they propose that won't work. So uh, it was fascinating. I got to meet the new commissioner, had lunch with him a couple of times, met all the commissioners of the various business uh, uh, group as sections, entities in the IRS, met their deputies, uh, met lots and lots of people, uh, some good relationships that have allowed me to accomplish some things that I couldn't otherwise. Uh, it was very valuable and very interesting. Got me in on the inside of the IRS and taught me a lot of things that unless you're up there at headquarters, you'll never hear. So it was fascinating. Being part of, not part of the IRS, but I'm sure there was a lot that you were able to learn in regards to how you can implement into your business, or at least that's what I'm guessing. What oh, would absolutely. You say on- absolutely. There was, learned a lot of things. Uh, a lot of the detail of how, how they create things, how they think, uh, how they hire people, uh, why they hire certain people, uh, how they operate. It was a very insightful and very useful to me in dealing with them on an ongoing basis because I deal with the IRS every week. And 
a lot of people try to stay away from the IRS. So how do you welcome it into your business? Well, first of all, they're not the boogeyman. They're not Baba Yaga. They're mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters. They're, they're real people. And for the most part, they're nice people. Now, they are civil servants. You know, they come in at nine and they leave at five or 4.30. And, uh, you know, when they leave, the phone gets turned off and they're not worried about profit. And they don't put in 60-hour weeks for the most part and a lot of other things. But they're not bad people for the most part, particularly if you stay out of collections. Okay. <laughs> So deal with them. Uh, my staff is amazed sometimes. I had a conversation that just blew my, my staff away with a uh, agent up in New York about a client. And she was an older lady. And we spent half an hour talking mostly about grandkids. And then we got down to business. Well, she had a, a, a warm spot for me by the time we get down to business. Now, I'm not saying that influenced her, but she was much more amenable to being understanding about the situation than it would have been had I been yelling at her for a half an hour. That's why I tell my clients, don't talk to the IRS, let me do it, because you'll get emotionally involved. And this hit home here a couple of months ago, the IRS had made a mistake on my taxes. And I got on the phone with them. And I'm yelling at this poor SOB and telling him he's a worthless whatever and screaming, I want to talk to his boss. And in the back of my mind, it's going, Charles, don't do this. Don't say that. But I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> and it's true. It's one of our protect, you know, in our, our mindset, we have to protect ourselves. And when we feel threatened, that's what we do. Absolutely. So it, obviously, we're not here to just talk about uh, taxes. Um, there's several points I would love to hear about. And one of them, because a lot of our members, uh, people that sit here and listen to this podcast on a regular basis, uh, there's a lot that are veterans. So I want to hit on the fact that Charles is actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Marine, uh, Marine veteran and was actually serving during the time of, of Vietnam as well. Absolutely. I uh, served from 67 to 71, did my uh, boot training at uh, MCRD San Diego, uh, from there to Pendleton, to Okinawa, to Red Beach, just north of Da Nang, uh, and then back to Kansas City to the Marine Corps Automated Service Center there. The things that you had gone through during that time period is what helped transform the way that our military does operations today. So first and foremost, as always, I know I thanked you off camera, but I want to publicly say thank you for your service. Uh, I can't say that and enough. You thank you so much. And it truly is. It's, it's an honor to, to really hear other veterans' stories and the things that they've gone through to be able to understand some of the things that they've dealt with so we can help understand ours. Just like what you were talking about with the IRS and the taxes, sometimes it's easier to understand by knowing where somebody's been. So going through the military, how did that help you uh, kind of set you up through stages to, to be where you are today? One of the overriding philosophies of the Marine Corps is mission, men, 
self. You accomplish the mission at whatever cost, at whatever it takes, you accomplish the mission. Then you take care of your men. Uh, this was brought home to me. And then you take care of yourself. I was at guerrilla warfare school in Northern Okinawa. We had a young Lieutenant and we'd been out in the field for probably a week, hadn't had any hot food. Uh, and so we finally got a hot meal delivered out to us. He made sure that every one of us got a hot meal, a plate of, of hot food before he stepped up and, and served himself. That's what we were taught. Mission, men, self. And that four years of Marine Corps becomes, becomes part of your mantra. So my job in business is to solve problems for my clients. That's the mission. Then I take care of my staff and then I take care of myself. Uh, if money's tight and as an entrepreneur, sometimes it is, I'm the one whose paycheck gets cut first, not my people. That's just how you do things. But you service your clients, then you take care of your people, then you take care of yourself. And that's, that's the Marine Corps way. You know, and even the foundational aspects of life and happiness, it does come back to selfless service and acts towards others, meaning to help them and give them. I know there's a book out there that was written, uh, Leaders Eat Last, I believe it's called. I have not personally read it, uh, but it, along those same principles that, you know, the people that we care for, if we care for them, then in turn, they will take care and make sure the mission happens. I, I'm rereading Marcus Aurelius's uh, meditations in a newer translation, much more approachable. Uh, and that was written 2000 years ago. And it's the same kind of thing. Uh, you, you, you be true to yourself and true to, to nature and uh, true to your fellow man and things work out. So from the Marine Corps, and I, I could sit here and talk all day long and just on the aspect of military stories, because I know there's things that you've seen that I wouldn't even comprehend. You know, one of the things I learned from my grandfather before he passed away is he flew the, the plane with the scientists when they were um, testing out the atomic bomb. So he actually flew the plane through the, the cloud to be able to have the scientists gather up all the data. So even though he was serving uh, during the time period, he was not actually able to go and serve overseas, but he did play a critical role. And, I, you know, just people that have created the foundations just it, it really amazes me. And that's why I'm so thankful to have you here today as well. And one of the things I did not mention, and we will speak about this later, Charles, but Charles, just for the audience there is currently listening, Charles is actually an author as well. So make sure you stick, uh, stick around to the end because he's going to have an amazing offer for you guys. So make sure that you hang out with us uh, and then we'll, we'll mention that here before uh, we wrap things up. So going from the Marine Corps, what did you end up doing? Did you say, okay, I'm going to go start my own business? Uh, did you say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. What's my life purpose? Well, I got out and uh, um, did odd jobs, worked for Colgate Palmolive, did some other things, found that businesses did not value my military experience. I was a computer programmer, systems engineer, as well as having been in combat. Uh, I was trained at IBM as a COBOL programmer. 
but businesses said, no, nah, it was military. It doesn't apply to, to, to the business world. They're of course wrong. Um, they were wrong then, they're wrong now. Veterans bring a huge amount of experience, knowledge, sense of mission, capabilities, leadership that uh, civilians coming out of college can't even comprehend and haven't been taught, let alone experienced. So, but business people who haven't been in the military don't understand. Those who've been in understand and hire veterans because they bring so much to the table. But as veterans, we're a very small percentage of the population and most of the hiring people don't hire veterans because they don't understand what we bring to the table. It was true then. So I realized after a couple of years, I'd have to have my credentials. So I went to the university, got my BBA, MBA, sat for and passed my CPA exam while I was still in, in graduate school. Uh, went to work for Texas Instruments and uh, worked in corporate life for oh, probably 15 years, uh, big corporations, small corporations, turnarounds. Uh, my last uh, corporate job was J.C. Penney's assistant controller. And I realized I was never going to get to the top of a major corporation. I didn't have the political skills. I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. And that's how you get ahead in corporate life. So if I wanted to run a business like my father did, I'd have to start my own. So Ruth, my wife and I, started our own business here 30 years ago and uh, have been relatively successful, make a nice living out of it, take care of a lot of clients, have a nice staff, a good loyal staff that we enjoy. I enjoy very much. Ruth passed away about six years ago. I'm so uh, uh, that's, that's how we got to where we're at. <laughs> you know, and this whole time as you're sitting here speaking, it keeps coming to me that I have to kind of reverse this just a one conversation back. You talked about leaders basically eating last and making sure you take care of the mission. And even though like we're going to jump back into this as well, because of all of what you have just said is very important on forging your life as you forge forward. And even after the, the passing of your wife, Ruth, and I, I even know that that, I couldn't fathom my wife being gone right now, but uh, I, I try to understand as best I can. But to get back to this this first topic, Milton Hershey in the in the factory when you know the big shutdowns were happening, much of what you were speaking about is taking care of your your family, taking care of the mission, taking care of those that are around you, and when everybody else was laying people off. He was the only one that was not that was able to to hold all his employees and keep their pay, which is just a remarkable thing when all of that was going on. So it, I just wanted to say that because it, it truly does impact a lot of these big corporations, big leaders, those that truly care for the the people that serve with them, not under them, but serve with them, with them. are willing to make a difference. And that. But those people are, are way too far uh, between. They're too few and too far between. Uh, I don't have a real high opinion of most American corporate management. Uh, I think rightfully so. Uh, 
one of the things that I see constantly in business uh, is it's run off of ego and ego is very destructive. If not properly reined in, uh, your ego needs to be parked at the door, uh, not brought in and, and lorded over everybody. I'm not better than my staff. In some cases, I'm probably not even smarter. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world, in the room. You just have to learn how to hire the smartest person in the room. So you hire good people, you treat them right, you take care of them, and they'll take care of you. And this is, and this is both clients and employees. My eldest daughter died uh, of cancer uh, some 28 years ago. Ruth and I were working together and my mind was, I did not handle it well. And it took me probably three months to get my head back in, into work. And I looked at what I'd done for my clients for those three months and it was garbage. And I apologized to them and not one of them cared. They all understood. They, they, they all worked with me. They were all understanding about it. Every one of them I was very grateful. Then here six years ago, well, 15 years ago, Ruth had her first stroke and uh, was in ICU for a month. Uh, I'd come into the office on the way in, stop here, say hi, and go to the hospital, sit there in her room for, for hours. They'd kick me out toward the end of the day. I'd come back, stop here, go get something to eat and go back for evening visiting hours. Uh, and then we did months of that and then months in rehab before I got her home with, with live-in care. My staff made this place operate without me for months, uh, without a hitch. Uh, if there was something they needed a decision on, they'd wait till I got there and present it. I'd make the decision but they'd have options for me and potential solutions and whatever Deborah or whoever had for me, I just said, yeah, fine, do it. Uh, and it was successful and it worked, but they were part of the organization. They cared about the organization. They cared about me. They cared about Ruth. And so that relationship that I built with my staff carried us through what could have been a, an absolute business destroyer of a time. Uh, if it was my ego making every decision and, and uh, you know, looking over everybody's shoulder all the time, day in and day out, it wouldn't have survived. But I trust them to do their job. And my basic job as CEO is to make it easier for them to do their job, get rid of problems that keep them from being efficient or successful or happy. Uh, that's my job. My job is not tell them how to do their, their job on a day-to-day -day basis. They know that. <laughs> We've got manuals and procedures and policies and training and outside training and inside training. And everybody gets you know, to know what they do. And they do it. And I don't have to worry about it. I, I'm not a, a micromanager. And I, I think micromanaging is a, is a disaster. So. And two things and what you're you're speaking of I, I see that you still hold some of the pain within you and i know that won't ever go away never goes away and uh yeah like i said it's from my heart to yours i i'm sorry to hear that and it's one of those things that once again it does help to to forge a person and 
we have these challenges that are in place in front of us, no matter what happens. And that's no matter how unfair it feels, there's always lessons that we are supposed to gather from something. There are, and, and it's nature. Um, you can rail if, against it if you want. Uh, I don't care whether you believe in God or not. Uh, it's, it's nature, it's the universe, and it's going to happen. Uh, railing against it, if it's just, if there is no God and it's just the universe, what are you railing against? And if it's, if it's God and that's who you, how you believe, then railing against God's a waste of time because he's got a plan. So he's putting you through it because he's chosen to. So either way, trying to rail against uh, fate, destiny, uh, bad luck, whatever, it's a waste of time. Don't bother. I mean, you know, get over it. Move on. Uh, yeah, I, uh, pain. I, I miss my wife every day. I miss my daughter. The pain never goes away. You just don't think about it all the time. So yeah, I miss them very much, but I can't bring them back. So I move forward uh, as much as I, you know, I'd give anything to have them back, but I, you can't. So you just move forward. But all that being said, it's not about leaving them behind because you bring them with you every single day. Every day. And that's the greatest point of, of living the lives that we do, no matter who we lose throughout our life. And I think back upon myself that my mom passed away 10 days prior to my first son being born. And that was the hardest decision that I personally have had to have, uh, I think in my lifetime is just the fact that I had to, uh, collectively with my sister and, um, my father-in-law at the time to come up and say, yes, we're going to pull her off of life support. I understand. And, uh, you know, so no matter who you lose, it's there with you. It's about bringing them with you. So that's what I've been able to do. And there's things that I'll never get to experience, but it's also crafted me, forged me to be who I am. And I'm thankful for that every day. And you speak a lot on leadership and I will have to talk some other time. Maybe I can send you a message or something, but I would love to do like a, some type of interview as I write this book about being an empathetic leader. And I definitely feel that you have some type of value to really give in regards to that. Um, so you don't have to answer that now. That's something we can speak on offline, but as I, as I go through this and with COVID that's going on and everything else that now is a big time, a big shift in the world. And, uh, I I think it needs to be said more leaders need to understand about connecting and how to connect and things of that nature. So, um, I'm not sure it's something you get taught. I think you either are empathetic or you're not. Uh, I'm not sure you can learn it. Uh, I, think you probably learn it when you're two years old, like your youngest. I think you learn it from your parents, your, your siblings, your environment then. And if you don't pick it up, you know, by the time you're six or seven, you probably never will. But that's personal opinion. <laughs> and uh, so with you and the business that you have now that you started with Ruth, and uh, for those that maybe are just 
tuning in to the podcast, maybe skipped ahead. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to interview Charles here with me today, and who is the CEO of uh, Get Payroll, who has uh, been an advisor with the IRS, who is an, also an author and a husband, father, and I can't thank him enough, a veteran as well. And uh, it, it's great to have him here. That being said, let's jump into a little bit about your business because uh, can you tell us, for, I was trying to figure out how I should word this because everybody knows I don't have written down questions. This is something that truly I, I love to engage back and forth. So uh, can you let me know a little bit about what Get Payroll does and how it could effectively help those listeners out there today? We provide payroll and payroll associated services to small and medium sized businesses around the country. We take the time we, uh, from the employer, we cut the checks, the direct deposits, we pay all the taxes, we file all the forms, we interface with the IRS and the state and the local taxing authorities where necessary. We advise them on, on changes and uh, in the law, changes in procedure, changes in whatever comes along, whether it be uh, minimum wage or unemployment rates or anything else that goes on. We also provide timekeeping, time clocks, biometric clocks. We work with benefits for them uh, if, that, if that's what they want. Uh, we have partners in, in the insurance and, and benefit area. Uh, we work with them on uh, other associated things like S-Cheat and uh, handbooks and HR and all those kinds of things. We have a full panoply of, of services depending upon what they want and what they need. Not everybody needs everything. Uh, so uh, we basically, if it's payroll or payroll related, we're the go-to. And our unique selling proposition is, is compliance. Uh, most of our competitors do a reasonably good job of producing paychecks or they'd be out of business. What they don't handle is when the IRS makes a mistake or the state makes a mistake or they make a mistake. The IRS in fiscal 19 issued $13 billion in employment tax penalties. 40% of small businesses get hit with a penalty every year, averaging $800. So if you didn't get a penalty last year or this year, you're due next year. Just expect it as a small business. We help solve those problems. We help get those penalties abated. Over half the penalties the IRS issued were abated, which means they were wrong. They were mistakes. They were illegal, immoral, unethical. They were against IRS regulations. They were wrong paperwork. They were wrong entries. They were computer glitches, whatever. Happens all the time. Millions of errors, egregious errors every year. But if you don't know how to fix them, your only choice is to write the check. When I grew up, Pele was the premier soccer player in the world. He was recently in the hospital, but he's still alive. Pele was a fabulous athlete, wonderful soccer player. But if you put him in a New York Yankees uniform at second base, he's lost. He'll have no idea. Doesn't know the equipment, doesn't know the plays, doesn't know the players, doesn't know the field, doesn't know anything about it. Still a great athlete. So you take an entrepreneur, a businessman who knows his business. He's a, a mechanic. He's a chef. He's a dog groomer. He's a, a, a fabric cutter. He's whatever. He's good at what he does. He's making a living in it. 
growing a business at it. But you stick them in the IRS field and say, play, <laughs> he's lost. He's Pele at second base. I'm sorry. This is what we do for a living. You know, I don't make my own clothes. Uh, I don't build my own car. Uh, I don't build my own house. You know, I don't doctor myself much, but uh, I outsource these things. And people should outsource, in, in my opinion, payroll, because it's a very complex subject like taxes. And why waste your time trying to learn something that for a pittance you can outsource? I mean, I could learn how to make a, a, a suit coat. And I, I could get good at it over, the, over enough years, I'm sure. But why? So that's what we do. We provide those services on an outsourced basis to small and medium-sized businesses so they can work on their business. They can be playing soccer rather than trying to figure out how to catch a pop-up fly. You know, when Henry Ford, and I love the book uh, in regards to, I think it was Napoleon Hill, and Think and Grow Rich, he talked about uh, Henry Ford and how he was actually brought into court because of, I, I believe it was his education, and saying, you know, basically quizzing him about his, his uh, running of the business. And eventually, after all these questions that he could not answer, just like what you're saying, he, he talked about, why do I need to know all of these things when that's why I can push this button and get the answer for you right now? Exactly. Meaning, specialize in what you need to, be in the right lane, and make sure you have the people next to you that can do the job for you. As an entrepreneur, you wear all the hats when you start. I did. Okay. It's just you. You know, and unless you're very lucky, it's just you. It was me and Ruth, and we, we wore all the hats. As time went on, we handed hats off to other people that could do the job as well or better than I could and got more experienced at it, more knowledgeable about it. One of my grave failings in business was I thought I could market. I thought I could grow my business. And here a few years ago, I finally hired a marketing person. And after watching them work for a few months, I came to the realization I could not market my way out of a paper bag. Uh, and so we've done much better since I've, since I've outsourced or insourced marketing to a marketing specialist who knows what they're doing and can work on it all the time. Uh, I should have known and, better, but I didn't, you know, you learn. <laughs> and that's, that's really, honestly, that's the guy given truth. When we sit here and we do, we, we try to wear all of these hats. We try to do the marketing. We try to type up the ads, whether it's Facebook or Google or, you know, the digital age and uh, try to do the sales ourselves. And you, you talked about finally realizing that. So, let me kind of pull back into your business. How many people do you have right now that works within your team? I've got about. And do you have different? I've got just over a dozen people. I've got operations. I've got marketing. I've got HR, and I've got a tax person uh, as well that that handles all the, the the tax aspects and writes the letters with my direction and so on and so forth. And for those that are sitting here listening, if you you missed it, he talked about when he wasn't necessarily he may have been physically at the at the business but i know you you say you talked it took time off 
Yeah. And the thing is, when you have the right people that know their jobs, you don't always have to be there. I mean, yes, you, you know, people always need a leader, so to speak. But it, when the circumstances are there, that's how your business continues to run. Absolutely. So with your business, and you talked about uh, small to midsize, so approximately, maybe, how can we say, um, for the listeners, be like, oh, that's me. So can you define how many people a small or mid-sized business is? Our, our target market is employers with 50 or under employees. Now we handle some bigger ones. If you've got a couple hundred and are interested, give me a call by all means, because we have some that size and bigger. But our target market is the, uh, the 50 and under market. Uh, and we, we do a, we, And we do onesies. I mean, we have a number of clients that's just them but they don't want the hassle of trying to figure out, finding the forms, remember to file the forms, make the deposits, do the W-2s, do the 941s, do the 940s, deal with the state, deal with the, they just, they pay us a, a pittance and we handle all for them. And it, it's, as I sit here and I talk to you uh, longer and longer, it, it really comes to picture that you truly do have a lot more to offer than standardized, I guess you can say, uh, payroll companies and when part you, of it when you is, call you'll talk to the person you can talk to the person who processed your payroll this week last week last month last year and if they can't answer your questions ask for charles i'm usually in my office and, and i'll pick up the phone and talk to you and and give you professional advice uh, you're talking to the ceo i i tried this as a as a joke one time tried to call the president of adp one of our big competitors. And I talked to the uh, switchboard operator. I said, let me talk to the president. She said, the president of what? I said, the president of your company, ADP. Oh, he doesn't have a phone. I said, you're telling me that Mr. Rodriguez, the president of the company, does not have a phone on his desk. Oh, well, not one we can contact. I was cracking up. I just, you know, okay. I said, so a client can't call the boss if they've got a problem. No. I had to hang up. I was just laughing my ass off. <laughs> my and clients can, can pick up the phone and call me. That is what truly helps differentiate you from these other companies. Those companies that really have expanded, I guess you can say, or... Uh, kind of you lose touch they're huge with, bureaucracies it's like no dealing support. with the irs <laughs> and Believe that's me, if you if you call you call washington and you say i want to talk to chuck reddick who's the commissioner of the irs you will never get through to him i can't even get through to him and i've met him okay if i want to talk to chuck i send a email to the um public relations people, the, the communications people. And if they think it's appropriate, they'll ask him a question to get an answer to send back to me. The only time I get to talk to him is if I'm up there and meet him in the cafeteria. He'll talk to me. He's a nice guy, but you can't get a hold of him. I can't. And I love the fact that just kind of like what you brought the IRS back into. That's another thing that ADP 
isn't sitting there doing is you were literally an advisor or, you know, on the board to be able to really navigate and kind of checks and balances to the IRS for really the, the people and the businesses that are out there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a CPA. And if you're an ADP or a paychecks or a gusto client, and you say, I need to talk to a CPA about a, a tax question, they'll tell you to call your own. And if your own CPA really understood payroll, he'd be doing it. They don't have the professional advice and counseling and, and people for their clients. ADP has CPAs. They have a bunch of them up on some floor there in Roseland, uh, New Jersey. But the clients can't talk to them. Therefore, their internal taxes and accounting and so on. But if you're a client, you can't call up and get a CPA to get professional advice. And on top of that, I'm a U.S. tax court practitioner, which means I can actually take and represent a client in U.S. tax court without being an attorney. And that's just part of our service. I don't know of anybody else in the country, any other payroll company that does that. Now, for somebody that could be listening right now is um, maybe sitting back like, why would I need to have uh, get payroll if I only have two or three people? Can you quickly like explain like just a, a few reasons really fast, just to kind of define this as we wrap this up well, for them? First of all, $13 billion a year in penalties that the IRS issues, uh, you're going to get your share and you're not going to know what to do. You're going to be Pele at second base again. Okay. On top of that, we keep our clients updated weekly on changes in the law. I get five emails a week, five newsletters a week from the Internal Revenue Service on various aspects of taxation. I take the Journal of Taxation. I take the uh, Journal of Accountancy. I take the local ones. I take the, I get the, the payroll uh, trade uh, magazines. This is my life. <laughs> so much of my life sometimes, but this is what I do for a living. I know all this stuff. I keep on top of it. Uh, a small business can't. Plus the time and the time to do it right. And the time to, to keep up with things. I, I used to be an investment advisor as well. Uh, carried a seven and a 66 license, registered investment advisor. I gave all that up because I didn't have time to do that and keep on taxes. It, it was too much. So a businessman who's immersed in his business can't possibly be a payroll expert and a tax expert uh, on top of his business. He doesn't have enough time in the day. So why, why not outsource for pittance? You outsource other things. Uh, I don't know in your business what you do, but you outsource something. I, I promise you, whether it be vehicles or the building or uh, something, you, you outsource. Everybody does. That's what the whole, it's why Walmart's there, okay? We don't grow our own food anymore. So payroll is just a, a real simple thing to outsource and something that people should consider. Now, for those that are listening, thank you so much, uh, Charles, for actually kind of explaining that. And it truly does matter what you do right now. I know some of my coaching clients that run businesses that are trying to tackle several things themselves or have their uh, secretary, people trying to keep up with their books. And the big thing is what Charles is getting across to you is you need to reach out to his team and just understand the fact that this is his life. 
and to best protect you and to even make sure you get the best, um, not protection, but uh, write-offs to pay, to employment, to all of that is what he is dealing with to help you guys out. And, and protection. We're, we're, you know, you have insurance for your house, your car, your life, uh, your health. We're insurance for your payroll. So for my listeners, really quick, as I do a quick plug, uh, just to let you guys know, I know you've heard this before, but we are coming up with the Mastermind Retreat. We have uh, several speakers already that's going to be there. This is going to be a small, intimate group where we are going to spend the four days in January to really level up our next quarter for from January through April to really hone in on your business, your family, your health, and all these individuals we're bringing in to be able to do different hot seats with you guys and really have an amazing experience as well as direct access to me and the other speakers that will be there. So if this is of interest to you, make sure that you go over to forginglife.org forward slash mastermind and let me know that you are interested and our team will be able to reach out to you and uh, give you some of that information. So that being said, Charles, I know we talked about you being an author and uh, for those that are still listening, once again, Charles with Get Payroll. And can you tell us uh, like maybe uh, just a very brief synopsis of your book? Sure. My newest book is The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups. It's uh, three sections, all the stuff you need to know, the laws and everything else about payroll and hiring people and employees, independent contractors, uh, et cetera. Uh, a section on how to actually run the payroll, how payroll's uh, delineated, and how to get from the start to the end and everything that's with it. And a third part, all the as- associated things you need to know about. Workers' compensation is cheat, PEOs, handbooks, illegal aliens, uh, illegal aliens, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's basically 30 years of experience distilled down to 95,000 words. We wrote it because we got asked questions all the time and there was nothing out there to really point people to. So we did it and we, had, uh, we got with Wiley and they published it last year. Uh, and it's available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. But for your listeners, if they will go to the payrollbook.com and in the discount code put Forging Life, we'll send them a free book. No shipping, no handling, just we'll send them a free book. I hope you guys heard that. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for the generous offer to be able to to really give back to the community. So for those that are still here, I know you are, because at this point, uh, we've talked about a lot with Charles. And make sure that you head head over and uh, really just go get your copy, because ultimately, leaders are readers. That's one of the things that I put down uh, in regards to people coming onto this podcast. And why not start with what is going to help you to understand and potentially even grow your business? So that is what Charles is here to help you and assist you with. So please, where can people go to um, either follow up with you or uh, get a hold of you or any any uh, websites, links, Facebook, Instagram, social media? Any of we're, that? we're all those places, but, but getpayroll.com. My email is cjr, Charles J. Reed, at getpayroll.com. And if they want, my phone number is 
353-0000. And that's how confident he is in helping you guys out by giving you the exact number straight to his desk to be able to give you this. That's not straight to my desk. If they want my straight to my desk, it's 214-222-0310. That's my private line. (laughs) So there you go. So you you can take that ADP. So (laughs) Charles, thank you so much. Is there any uh, parting words that you would like to give to our listeners before we... For entrepreneurs, and it's something I've been writing on recently, uh, it's a saying and it's, there's never a traffic jam on the extra mile. Go the extra mile because your competitors won't. And go the extra mile, not only for your clients, but for your employees. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Go the extra mile. You'll never regret it. Thank you so much. And what great words of wisdom to be able to part with. Charles, thank you so much for being with us here on the Forging Life podcast today. And uh, for those that are still here, thank you guys so much. As always, live intentionally and make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.